Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Mormon Mompreneur is a home for women of faith who desire to be strengthened in motherhood and empowered in business. We thrive off of talking with other women with unique experiences and vision who have felt guided by the divine to bring about remarkable things at home and abroad. Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. I am so excited to have a dear friend of mine on today. You know, it's pretty great to be a host because you get to hang out with people that you really, really want to talk to and handpick them. And so that's one of the perks of what I do. And I'm really excited to be able to be sitting across from Kylie-Ann Mon. Kylie-Ann Mon is a photographer and way more than that. You just got to hear her numbers. It's pretty impressive. So she is the owner of Kylie-Ann Photography and is a teacher and a wedding photographer and just an inspiring person. In fact, she even threw a mini bachelorette party for her assistant. Maybe we'll be able to talk about it today. So I'm so grateful that you are here, Kylie-Ann, and I'm just dying to dive into all of your wise words for today. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. Absolutely. And Kylie-Ann has been battling influenza with her entire family the past month, I swear. And so we're just grateful that you could squeeze in the time to meet with us. And I know that our listeners probably know who you are and are just dying to hear your words of wisdom. Yay. Well, it's going to be so much fun. And hopefully you can ignore the little raspy voice. Luckily, Tamiflu is helping me out here and it hasn't hit me as hard as everybody else. So I am happy to be here. Wonderful. So I I think a great start to this is to kind of start how your photography world started. And it's kind of a romantic story. And why not start with a little bit of fun? Tell me a little bit how you got your first camera. So I was dating my husband at the time. And it had come up that one day I wanted to be a photographer. And I'd already kind of tried. I bought a camera and it was one of those like crossover DSLR slash point and shoot. And it wasn't when I wedded, so I gave it back or I sold it on KSL. And I just was like, one day when we can afford it, I want a camera and I want to be a photographer. And a couple months had passed and I noticed that my husband's Xbox was missing. And it was the day before Valentine's Day. So the next day I go and I open this box and it's my first DSLR. He had sold his Xbox and bought it for me so that I could start photography. And then, of course, I married him a month later. So it totally worked out for him. He was happy with that. And um, then later that summer, I had shot a couple weddings and was able to buy back the Xbox for him. So it was kind of like our gift of love story. True love in the making. Any boy who would sell their Xbox, right? You're like, this guy's serious about me. This is Amen. And if you knew how much he loved his Xbox, you would know. This is a really important part of our story. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And you are not just a casual photographer. You're not someone who just goes out and and takes picture of their kids, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you are in full-fledged business mode. For some of our listeners who may not know Kylie-Ann Photography and may not know about your weddings and your teaching and everything like that, tell them what your business looks like and don't be shy. Because if you don't okay. say it, I will say it. 
Okay, so Kylie and Photography started about six years ago, and I was kind of like the family and friends photographer, like kind of like you're talking about, just, you know, mommy with the camera, except I wasn't a mom. But anyways, so I started like that, but then after I had my son, I was like, I need to make this work, or I need to quit, because it needs to be important and profitable, or it needs to be nothing and just a hobby. So I went full force into the business then and I became a full-time photographer that year and since then every single year our business has just doubled so I was starting to shoot I was shooting about like 20 to 25 weddings a year for those first couple years after I went full in um, and then I had another baby and just life got crazy and so instead of increasing my workload I in started hiring employees so I have another photographer, a lead photographer at Kylie Ann Studios that she shoots full time. So last year she shot 50 weddings in the year and we brought, had in a couple other backup associates. So we shot over 75 weddings last year, over 200 sessions. And this is all in like small town Utah. Like we're, I mean, we are traveling and stuff, but this is based in small town Utah, not like a big city or anything like that. And then on top of that, because I want to make my life even more crazy, um, I have I teach photographers, and I started a Facebook group last year with just a couple people of people I've taught in workshops and things, and it's grown to over a thousand local and not local photographers that want to learn the business from beginning beginners to advanced and I just wanted to create a place a community where people could come and ask questions and not feel dumb our number one rule is you have to be kind because there are so many people that bash on other people's questions and just make it horrible for people to grow because they can't feel comfortable anywhere so we have a group there um, we're on Instagram um, we've just hit 14,000 followers which is a big deal for us I um, no numbers aren't everything, but it was a, a long journey to get there. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about our business. So how in the world did this happen? I mean, you talk about your business doubled every year, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I know exactly where you live. You live in Log <laughs> in the Logan, Utah area, which you talk about small town Utah. You're not even in Salt Lake. You're not in Provo. Um, you're not in Orange County, California. So how in the world did your business double every year? Like from a business brain, how can we copy you? What in the world have you done? So I have to first give credit to God because I would have never, ever, ever in a million years been here without direction in my life because I, I didn't even want to be here. I was like, I'll be a small town, you know, church, gym, wedding photographer forever, low pressure, whatever, it's great. So that's the first thing. But as far as business, um, I've, I'm a huge social media poster since the very beginning. Social media is a really important thing to be active in. And then I treat people really, really well. My client experience is really amazing. So that gets people coming back, even though our pricing has gone up and up and up. And now we're kind of out of the Logan, Utah range as far as the average wedding. But we still are booking because people want what we offer. And then networking with other entrepreneurs um, in the area, vendors, and other photographers. And really, the more I help other photographers, the more my business has grown, which is you think you're raising your competition. What's going on here? But really, the more I've served and helped others, the more that has just helped our business grow. Now, I'm intrigued by your concept there that you said that your prices have 
steadily climbed and now you feel like that you're out of the Logan, Utah range, but that you are still booking because people want what you offer. So what is it that you really are offering that's making people say, I don't care what my budget is. I want her. So our main like thing that we say we offer and that we do for our brides is first of all, we're like their best friends through their wedding. And I know their roommates and their friends are getting tired of them talking about weddings, but we are saying, come to us. We want to see your wedding dress. We want to see everything you do. So we become really good friends with each one of our brides. Um, We like, seriously, we run into them and we like jump up and hug them. And we're like so excited because they're like actually like really our friends by the end of it. They're not just clients to us. We have like an 80 page wedding magazine that has like from beginning to end, every single thing that we offer and can educate them on. We have two blog posts a week that are like bride tips for our brides. And we have like a week turnaround time. So between like all the education and all the friendship that we're giving them and serving them and the kindness, all of that, that's a theme of our business, service and kindness. And then our efficiency, we are really fast, like getting them through a session so they don't feel like it's dragging on for hours, but they're still getting hundreds of pictures. And then turning around the wedding within a week, like that alone, they're like, that's worth it because everyone's so excited that week and the people who aren't there want to see our wedding pictures. And so every single one of those 75 weddings last year were turned around in one week. So I think the big elephant in the room here, Kylie-Anne, and one thing that we haven't mentioned is that you are a mom of two kids, age four and two. Am I right? Yes, you're correct. You've got a boy and a girl. So what? Like (laughs) 75 weddings being turned around within a week. I can't turn around a family session in a week, Kylie-Anne. My goodness (laughs) gracious, we got to talk. Anyway, so how... How can you explain this to our viewers who are saying, you know, I only have an hour and a half a day to work or I'm only working at night or um, I can only I only have time to do one session. Like, how do they get started to pull in that kind of efficiency? Okay, so the number one thing I did for my business last year when this was taking off is outsource. So you have to figure out where is your time best spent? Is it cleaning your house or is it focusing on your business? Is it playing with your kids or is it bookkeeping? So you have to take out the things that aren't bringing you income, aren't bringing you joy, and you're not like the best at, and then outsource those things. So at first, it's you're giving up control of your business, and you're also spending a little bit of money, but the money you can bring in in the hours that you're focused on your business are way more valuable than the hours that you're spending, you know, cleaning your house or doing your dishes. So if you can hire someone to come in once a week, and clean your house, that will be huge because in that hour that you spent or those four hours that you spent cleaning your entire house, you could focus on your business in those four hours and bring in income instead of just the day-to-day stuff. Same with babysitting. So I have to have a babysitter come at least four hours a week every week, which four hours is really not that many hours in a week. But in those four hours, I accomplished more than I was doing in a full week with multitasking, doing multiple things every single day because I can focus on my business and then I can focus on my kids and I don't feel like I'm a bad mom or a bad business owner because I'm juggling the two all day long. And on top of that, um, I've been able to really, really decide what can I do for the business that I need to do and what can everybody else do. And I realize it's okay that I can't do it all. And because of that, I'm a better business owner and a better wife and a better mother. 
this is fantastic, top to bottom. And I love how specific you're getting. So can you even go into more specifics on how this is run? Like, how are you doing two blog posts a week? And how are, who is shooting those weddings? Like, what did you decide you were awesome at and that you needed to be present for? Because photography is beginning to end pretty pretty intense. You've got editing, you've got selling, you've got an actual wedding that's probably eight hours long. I mean, how, what have you decided are your gifts and talents that you needed to give your effort into the most? Yes. So that's a great question. So first of all, my workload, I have cut in half. So I used to shoot 20 weddings a year. Now I shoot more sessions, which are easier to shoot throughout the week. And I shoot about 10 to 12 weddings a year, which is a huge cut in, in what I shoot. And then Rachel, my lead photographer, she shoots, you know, the 50 other weddings a year. So we're still bringing in so many clients, but I'm only shooting 10 of them. So I feel like I'm outsourcing a lot of my photography. Um, and then on top of that, I have an editor. So I edit most of the time during like the slow season because I enjoy editing and it's fun for me and it's something to do when I'm not shooting a lot. But in the busy season, she was doing all of Rachel's editing and I was just doing like the quality control at the end of that. So that is how we could turn around weddings, 75 weddings in a year because I had help with that. I also have an intern that does all of our bride tips now. So we used to do those and we decided they're really important. They bring a lot of value to our business, but I don't need to be the one writing bride tips. Any bride can write a bride tip. And we have an amazing intern. Her name is Bryn and she writes two blog posts a week on bride tips. She does our Pinterest board now and she schedules all those bride tips onto our social medias also. And then some other things that I outsource that not aren't necessarily people is I um, use Hootsuite for my scheduling and I schedule one day out of the whole week. So I don't have to always constantly come up with content for my social media even though I'm posting every single day because I have Hootsuite that I can schedule on my Facebook group and on my Instagram and on my personal Facebook and on my regular Facebook. So when I think of something when I'm in my four-hour work week with a babysitter, I can schedule everything for the week and then I just let it run on its own and it kind of just helps me balance out like social media and making sure it's important but not controlling my life. Wonderful. Now, for those who don't know what Hootsuite is, it is www.hootsuite.com and you can go in and schedule social media. It's a fabulous tool, a fabulous tool to be able to really just throw it all in at one time and then it's set to go. And I think we've all fallen victim to being with our kids and constantly having that phone and feeling like we're back and forth just trying to make it happen. And I think that's a wonderful tool that you have mentioned. So beyond that, we have a lot of Mormon mompreneurs who are listening who are at the very start of an idea or the very start of uh, making their business legal and legit and moving forward that way. And your business sounds a little idealistic. So how do they, and there's, and you definitely have put in the work to make it happen that way. So what advice would you give them that they're saying, I want my business to run like hers and they are just totally overwhelmed. So first of all, be patient with yourself because it is a long journey ahead. And when I started, I was kind of naive to that. I was like, oh, this is great. It's going to be so fun. And I didn't realize how hard it was going to be, especially since I kind of dove into running full-time business 
right when I started my family. So it was like a super hard balancing act. There were so many days that I would just like end the day crying because it was too hard to be a mom and to have a business. And I was going to have to give up the business because it was just too much work and hard to please everybody. Um, but it does get better. And as you're moving through your business, just decide what's most important to you and make sure you're not giving up anything that's what's most important to you. So if time with your family and your kids is most important, make sure you have that in your schedule. So I would say be patient, use the spirit as your guide, because really that's the only way I've gotten here um, is, is using divine intervention because I wouldn't even have Rachel as a lead photographer if it wasn't for for using the spirit um, and then make plans but know that plans don't always work out um, they really really my plan has changed a million times I would never plan to be here but I just worked hard I was kind to people I served people and I gave back and it just you push through and you eventually break through that really hard time and you get to a place where you can finally like just enjoy where you're at and you feel like that's where you are is enjoying where you're at yes I do I had someone ask me they're like is there a point where you stop feeling like you're always working for more and I feel like yes in this last year I mean we're always constantly trying to improve ourselves and read books and you know, listen to podcasts, try to be better people and better business owners, but I don't feel like I'm reaching for more anymore. That's a, that's a really great lesson to work for that, that there may be a little bit of the end of the road of, of feeling a little bit of desperation and, and confusion and all those things that you, you've arrived at a good place, um, where it's working for you and your family. Now, I'm a little intrigued by something you just said, saying that the spirit is what brought your lead photographer, Rachel, into your life. Would you be willing to share what happened? Yes. Yeah, so it's not like a big, like, you know, vision moment or anything. But what happened was I was starting to start like my education side of my business. And I was looking to hire someone because I was going to go through a bunch of things and move it to word. And I just didn't want to do it. It was just something I wanted to do, but just the thought of it just gave me just anxiety. So I was like, I'm going to hire someone. So I posted on Instagram. I got 50 emails within the first few minutes. And I was like, great. What did I do to myself? Cause I hate saying no to people. So this was really hard for me. I was like, Oh no, 50 people just applied. So I start reading through the emails and I ended up thinking, oh, I should just hire my brother. So I hired my brother, and then I'm like, sweet, I can just turn all these people away. And then I got an email from Rachel. And Rachel had just come to my last photography workshop. She had come over with, like, a Snickers bar when she paid the deposit for the workshop. She was just really sweet from the beginning. She didn't really talk much. She had seriously followed me for, like, five years. I didn't know that. She never commented on anything. Like, even at the workshop, she was quiet, but she was super helpful. She stayed to the very end to load up my car. And she had received very specific promptings to come to my workshop, even though she really couldn't afford it. She was a college kid in her photography program, and she just wasn't really comfortable spending that kind of money to come to a workshop. And then she um, just felt like she really needed to come and meet me. So she was really sweet about the whole thing. And then I get this email from her, and I'm like, oh, I know her from the workshop. She was so sweet. She stayed to the end, 
And I hired her instantly. I replied back to her email and was just like, you're hired. I don't know what you're going to do yet, but you're hired. And that's crazy for me because I had 50 other emails that I hadn't even read yet. And it was kind of just like it came out like you're hired before I even had time to think about it. It was like super impulsive, which I'm not really I'm not someone who's going to hire someone impulsively. So it was just very much like, oh, what just happened? I just hired someone. And I was like, what is she going to do? And I didn't even know what she was going to do, but I knew she needed to be there. And so she started working for me as like a house cleaner and a nanny and we were moving. So she like packed up my kitchen and seriously did all my dirty work with a bachelor in fine arts photography degree, all my dirty work for like six months until I was like, wow, maybe I should have her do something photography related. So she came on a couple of shoots with me. And then from there, someone brought up another like moment that just kind of changed everything. Um, at a workshop she was helping me at, someone said, would Rachel ever work for you as a photographer? And I'm like, wow, yes, she would. The next week we had her headshots up, we had her portfolio up, we had her pricing guide up, and it was just as quick as that. And just everything, my, the spirit for me, it works basically as if it's easy and it works that quickly, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like same with marriage. Like it just felt right. Rachel felt right. And that's just how I've been guided. And so it just, that's what happened. And then she booked 50 weddings and it just worked. And I couldn't imagine life without her more than just her as a partner in the business, but as a friend and everything, it was all divine intervention. Well, and she's probably thanking her lucky stars she's in this situation and you're feeling the same way. You're just thinking, okay. I, I just got the right girl at the right time. And that is so impressive. I love stories like that because it doesn't have to be this big vision moment. It can often be that impulsive email and you think, what have I done? What have I done? But if you're living right, then what you've done is, is the Lord guiding you. So that's wonderful. Now, moving forward with, we've talked about this all of your hard work and pulling in, you know, 75 weddings a year and and uh, being at a place in which you feel very, you know, content. And not that you're not growing anymore or anything, but feeling very good where you are at. Um, your life has not been perfect. And in fact, fairly recently, you opened up on social media about you struggling with anxiety. And can you tell our listeners and me as well what that experience has been like? How has it impacted your children? How has it impacted your business, your husband, your testimony? What has that experience been like? And how did you have the guts to put it on social media with your followers? Well, oh boy. So my anxiety started when I was pregnant with my second child. And those nine months were rough. I didn't really know I had anxiety. Um, mostly is, was the problem probably. And I was just so depressed also, just the lack of motivation and all the other things that come with being pregnant sometimes. Um, and so that was really, really, really hard. I wasn't, I never cleaned my house when I was pregnant. I never made dinner. I was just always just laying around. And that was hard. After I had Piper, I felt a little bit of my life come back because I had this sweet baby to cuddle, and that was good. 
But then as she got bigger, my anxiety got worse and I started noticing it again. I would go into like full panic mode thinking about, you know, shooting a wedding. Like, what if I get sick? What if I get injured? What if? And all the time I was just worrying about everything all the time. And um, I also started being like really OCD about things. I had to like finish my to-do list before I would go to bed. So then I wasn't sleeping and... I became like frustrated easily, which I'm not really, I'm not like yell or anything, but I would get just, you know, when you drop something on your toe, that's how I felt like all the time, like, ah, dang it. And so it just got really hard. And I was doing, I was functioning, I was doing the things I needed to do, but I wasn't feeling the same about it, like the joy with it. And it was just really hard. Like anyone who's experienced anxiety, it's hard to explain, but it was lonely. And even though some people knew about it, it just, you couldn't really explain it to anyone. So, um, I started like seeking help and I found out my hormones were, like, way off. Like, my cortisol levels were, like, nothing. And I was, like, in adrenal failure. And basically, what happened is I realized, like, there was so much more going on than I knew. I had tried anxiety medication, like, four times, and it never worked. And anyways, my life was just crazy. And it was a week before I had to teach a workshop in... A different state and I just felt like super overwhelmed like am I gonna be able to teach this because I just felt so much anxiety and it, I tried not to let it affect my work or anything but I was definitely like I had a little bit of problems posing people and teaching people because I just felt so much like anxiety inside me all the time so anyways I decided I finally kind of started figuring things out like a week before I left to teach a workshop and that was a huge relief for me because I felt like a weight was lifted off of me. I decided to open up about my anxiety because I knew I wasn't alone in it and I knew my life kind of seemed perfect or looked perfect on the outside because I have two adorable children and a husband that's a really good dad and a really good husband and I had this booming business and I think people just kind of thought, wow, like, they look at the outside of me and they think, oh, I have so much going on inside of me. Like, how could I ever be like that? And I wanted people to see that you can do whatever you want to do, even with this writing on you and, like, inside of you. And all the time I'm just feeling anxious and sometimes depressed. And I could still do this because I wanted it so bad. And it actually helped my anxiety to do it because it was an outlet for me. But on top of that, I wanted people to feel like they had someone that they could talk to about it. And when I posted about my anxiety in this full big on blog, um, I had hundreds of messages. I've had, I had people that were on the verge of suicide that read that. I had people that had already tried to commit suicide and they said they felt so much from reading that and it helped them so much and it helped them realize that they weren't alone in this and that there's a way out even after trying medication five times and after going to multiple doctors telling me it's just anxiety I need to take medication and 
I dug so deep to figure out what was wrong with me, and I didn't let doctors tell me what was wrong with me if I didn't feel right about it. And I really think there was a lot of divine intervention there, getting me to the right doctors in the right time, in the right place. Um, and because of that, I wanted to share that with people because I think people go to the doctor and think, okay, well, this didn't work. I guess there's nothing else I can do. Um, and so I wanted it to be a story of hope and a story of you can do hard things and you can still have the life you want through this. And I wanted people to just feel like they had a friend in me because I'd been through it and I wanted to help people out of it. What an amazing story and a great platform for people to connect with you. It's such a real thing. And I think we were all so grateful when Elder Holland, you know, stood at general conference and talked about depression. It, you know, it just validated the reality of, you know, an apostle of the Lord that said he had had depression and, and talking about these very real feelings. Do you feel like you're over it? Do you feel like you constantly work at battling anxiety? Or is this a lifelong thing? Unfortunately, it is. It's going to be a lifelong thing. And um, I don't know if there's ever going to be a year where I'm going to be completely anxiety free. I do feel like I have a lot of tools that are helping me get better. Um, I've done a lot of you know, natural things and foot zoning and um, just supplementing in, in different ways to help me. But it's constant battle. I mean, even this week, I'm like in bed at 11 o'clock at night, like waking up my husband. I have anxiety right now. Like, this is really hard. And he's like, what do you have anxiety about? And I'm like, I don't know. This is it's just anxiety. You know, it's like one of those things you just you don't know why and you don't know what's going on but you still have it and sometimes it's nice just to let someone else know that you're like really feeling anxious um but unfortunately it's gonna be a forever thing I think just constantly with with my life and just how much I have in my life there's just always going to be things that are going to make me a little bit more anxious I think and I love I love hearing about that you know your husband is a partner with you in this and obviously very aware and um, a wonderful part of you trying to, you know, come to terms with this and thrive um, in spite of it. One of the things I think is so impressive about your journey and your experiences is that you are fearless with sharing your life as a Mormon um, on social media platforms. And, you know, you've had struggles and you've been honest about anxiety, but you're also honest about going to church and, and what it's like going to church with a little fiery toddler. You know, a lot of those are my favorite posts, I must say. Um, but one of the things I think people may not know about you is that you grew up outside of Utah and that has helped you develop uh, a unique perspective on how to share your faith via social media. Tell me how you approach that. So a couple of things I've learned from living outside of Utah and now living in Utah is that a good majority of people don't actually know what we believe. Uh, they seriously, they think the weirdest things. And it's not just like, you know, the horn myth. It's like they're really confused about what we do. And it's valid. And I get it. And another thing I've learned is that even the simplest things can be used as missionary moments. So those are the two things that kind of help me with what I share and what I am putting out there because I have been 
my whole life around people that are not Mormon. And it was less of a culture where I was from because there wasn't, everyone wasn't Mormon. So here it's more of a culture. So even people who aren't Mormon kind of understand like a little bit about the church, but out there they knew nothing. They thought we had horns. I mean, they didn't really, but they were confused like that we went to church in the temple every week. And they thought just the things that are like, well, we don't go to church in the temple every week. And I had a girl from elementary school message me a couple weeks ago. Like, we haven't talked in years. And she said, hey, I had a couple missionaries stop by. And I'm um, wondering, like, why do, why do people think Mormons are so weird? And I was like, well, I don't think Mormons are weird, so I don't know. But it made me stop and think, like, they don't know what we do. And that's confusing to people. So what I try to do is I, instead of just posting, like, vague things like, here's the temple, happy Sunday, or like general conference weekend, my favorite. I try to explain like every general conference weekend, we get together in our pajamas and we watch, you know, leaders of the church share modern revelation. And I just try to explain like, this is what we do. So some of the things that I, I like to share about our general conference, because that's my favorite weekend of the year and Sabbath day observance. I don't shoot on Sundays. And so I try to let people know like why and why that's important to me and my family. And I talk about reading my scriptures and just like different things like that that are kind of like normal things that other religions do, but it looks weird because people don't understand how we do things differently. On top of that, simple things on social media are actual missionary moments. So things like being a mother so young. To me, that's a huge missionary moment to others because they see how important family is to me and people my age back home are not thinking about families right now and that's okay it's a different culture but they see how important families are in Mormons lives and in our life and how that is something that I use as a priority and I talk about how enjoyable it is and how crazy it is and how perfect it is to be a mother and same with things like just being kind to others and serving others and making everybody feel like a somebody, that's something that my whole life people knew I was different because of the kindness I showed to others and the compassion. And that's just simple things we've learned in church and a lot of us just kind of have naturally. But that's not natural to the world. And so being kind and being serviceful and sharing how much you love your family, those are actual missionary moments to people who are not Mormon. So in response to that, one of the challenges that we, you know, we've got a Facebook group at Mormon Mompreneur where we do trainings and we talk about our businesses and connect business people. And one of the biggest questions that we come to that I think you are primed to answer is, can every single business be a form of sharing testimony? Absolutely. So one of the things that I've done in my business is kind of like attract or repel people. So I want to put out there a lot that I'm LDS and that I have like these high standards and these things because I'm working with the clients that I attract and I want to attract the people that are going to mesh well with me. But I understand that not every single business is wanting to attract and repel because you're selling products or you're selling things that could be more um, used by everybody, not just, you know, a specific target market that's LDS or whatever. So in those situations, I would just share the simple things, like that you have a family and that you love your family and your kids and share kindness. Every single thing you do in your business, be kind, 
no matter what situation you have, if you have like a really grumpy customer or you have someone come to you that just is having a bad day and they're taking it out on you, be kind to them because that's going to be huge. They're going to wonder what's wrong with that person. Why are they so kind to me? And you're going to be able to share your testimony in that way, serving others and just doing those things that set you apart as an LDS person, someone who's been in the gospel, who's compassionate about others, and just use that as your in to sharing the gospel because people are going to ask why this person has, you know, all these kids and loves them and wants a young, you know, has a young, is a young mother. And, you know, it's different to the outside world. And just those simple things that aren't like in your face, I'm LDS, are huge for people. And they're sometimes even more influential because they're not in your face. It kind of pulls people in slowly and then they ask questions instead of just being turned off by the fact that you're LDS. You just taught me something really great. You just reminded me, I mean, I know this, you just reminded me that a lot of the things that I hold dear and that I strive for are not, that I take it for granted. You know, and the basic principle of just loving motherhood and striving to be kind are, are things that you can share. And man, I've learned something. That's so great. That's so great. So beyond that, um, let's put it on the record because you keep saying that you're a young mother. What is your age, Kylie-Anne? I'm 24 years old. I was married at 18, started the business at 18, went full-time at 20, and had my first kid at 20. So I am a really young businesswoman and a really young mother. I can't even rent a car when I go shoot a destination wedding. Oh, man. And kylie I didn't realize we are a decade apart. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. I can almost be your mother. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I think that's important to kind of put on the record because it's not like you've been in business for 12 years and, um, you know, starting at a 18 and or getting married at 18 and ah, kids at 20. Wonderful, wonderful examples. So just kind of in closing with this whole experience, I just know that you've offered some really, really great tips already and, and deep thoughts. How, how has the Lord brought your life to a point that you can't believe it's your life? Like what has he done with your life that you have just loved and embraced? Oh my goodness, like where to begin? I just think every single part of my life right now is was not my plan at all. I wasn't going to get married at 18. I wasn't going to have a kid when I was still in college. I wasn't going to have this big business. I was going to be a, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And I once I did have the business, I wasn't going to serve 75 brides a year. I was just going to be a small-town photographer. And I think the Lord wanted more for me than I wanted for myself. And so he kind of pushed me along the path because he knew once I got here, I wasn't going to keep it for myself. I was going to teach others and I was going to help others get here too. And I think he knew I needed to get here to help other people get here also. And so every single thing, everything that I'm at right here in my life is because of him and his path because it's not what I wanted and it's not what I ever strived for. And I know that he is the real reason that I could get my business to this point and, and it will continue to grow. And like I said, I'm content. So who knows what the Lord has in store for me because I'm just sitting here like, sweet, this is better than I ever planned. But I know that with every single thing he's given me, there's been a lot of responsibility with that to help others and to just really like 
focus outward instead of inward and not let my growth get to me. And um, because I've been able to take that approach, I think he's just continued to bless me and give me more so that I could help others more as well. And you do help others. I am a testament to that, that you are constantly reaching out to help, which is so admirable. So I know it wasn't your plan to get married at 18, but when an Xbox is involved, all plans go out the window, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All the Xbox. Oh, the Xbox. It will forever hold a special place in your heart. I love it. Exactly. Now, one thing, uh, just in closing, closing, I know we've you know talked great about the Lord's impact in your life. We do have one question from a listener that wants to know something about you and your advice in this situation. Are you ready? We're going to put you on the spot. Okay. Her name is Jen. Okay. And she is from South Carolina. Jen says, Kylie Ann, I have followed you for just under two years and I love you dearly. Isn't she sweet already? (laughs) I love her already. I am a photographer in what I would consider the South, and what I have found is that within my Mormon ward, because I own a business that has been mildly successful, I have a hard time relating to other women in my ward. They feel like I'm a working mom, and the only thing they can talk to me about at playgroup and at the library is my photography and my business. How do I relate with those women in a more real way and help them realize I'm just a mom who is trying to do my best with maybe a business on the side? Have you ever felt like people look at you differently because of your successes, particularly within your ward? I want friends where I am, but I can't seem to find it. I would give up my photography business if it meant I could be more relatable. Can I have both? Okay, so a couple of things there. The first, the first thing is, I've totally been there. I mean, I moved into the ward I'm in now with 10,000 followers on Instagram, and most of the people my age had already been following me. So they knew I was coming, like they knew who I was. And at first I was like, I don't want this to stop me from being friends with people because I don't want them to feel intimidated, like they can't hang out with me because sometimes I get that way about others who have like more following than me. And so I think from the beginning, the best way to get people to see that you're just a normal person is just to serve people, just take them dinner and take them treats and just kind of show them like I'm just a real person who wants to get to know you and you're kind of going to have to do a little bit more on your part in the beginning to get people to open the doors to you as a friend. I think the more you serve someone the more they want to be your friend because they're like this person is so nice to me I want to get to know them. So it does take some time um, serve them serve them serve them love them show them that you're a person and then eventually I think that they'll see you as a person too. Um, And then on top of that, maybe in the meantime, finding friends outside of your ward that you can relate to. It's been super important to me to have friends in my industry and who are photographers. I hang out with my ward friends and like my friends that, you know, were friends with me before photography, but really the people I relate to the most are other entrepreneurs or mompreneurs. Because we have crazy schedules and we work all the time even though we're at home all the time and it's just it's just kind of like a hard balance to even have friends at that point because you're trying to work and you're trying to be a mom and the, any free time you kind of just want to spend with your family. 
So I've found friends that are in the same industry as me and that has significantly improved like my friendships my friendships in general because we all know we're super busy and we when we can get together it, we can talk about business and we can talk about how hard it is to be a mom and to run a business and we just relate on so many levels that even though I'm friends with people from the ward I can't really go, go into those same conversations. Wise words from a 24-year-old, Jen. She's impressive, isn't she? <laughs> oh, Kylie Ann, you have such incredible things to offer. I am excited just to watch you. I feel like, gosh, if the Lord has turned your life into something you never dreamed of, what is the next decade going to look like for you? This is going to be exciting. I bet you feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. I'm kind of nervous. I got to hang on tight. It's going to be a, a crazy road. <laughs> well, that is marvelous. Well, we so appreciate you stopping in for the podcast today and are grateful that you would take the time to share your wisdom, your business tips, your struggles, your victories, and your testimony with us today. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Check out our other episodes and learn from other women of faith, motherhood, and business as they share their unique stories and experiences. Go to www.mormonmompreneur.com or the iTunes store to learn more.